Well, all right. Uh, I I don't remember who read last time because I think we did it so I weird. Did, but we time. also split it. Oh yeah, so you, uh, one of us reads the opening and the other one reads the next part. And I think I read the second part, so then I read the intro this time. Great, do that. Is that the right number? We're on 13? Yep. Because uh, Diagnosis Murder... Was 10. Was 10. Yeah. So then we got Johnny Quest, Voyager. Smart guy. Wow, we're really cruising along now. Yeah, we got... I mean, we got... This will be four in the tank, so... That's exciting, because then we don't have to overly think about recording the while mm-hmm. in class. I just have to... And and while Thanksgiving, like, I'm going to be away for all Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, so. that whole week. That's right. This gives us some time to... And then we got a Christmas bonus... Somewhere in that. Yeah, we can do that right after Thanksgiving. We just pick a show. Just pick a movie. I guess you picked Halloween. I'll pick the Christmas movie. I'll pick something weird. I would hope so. Welcome to episode 13 of 90 Schmaltz, where two guys do a belly flop on the shows we grew up watching, from after-school specials, TGI Friday, and Saturday morning cartoons. We talk about nostalgia, bad acting, and why these shows were radical. On this podcast, we take our media topic and briefly cover production, cast, and filming. Then we watch and talk about the top-rated and bottom-rated episode of the series. After that, we might share some additional fun facts and maybe even talk about merch and toys before we rate the series out of 15. I'm Jeff. I'm Ned. You can find us at 90schmaltz.cool. And... You can email us at 90schmaltz at gmail.com. That is 90-S-C-H-M-A-L-T-Z, and then the last part, at gmail or dot cool. Anything new from last episode? I am car shopping, and it's miserable. Yeah, it sounds like it. The fact that you are considering coming all the way down here uh, tells me what it's probably like. I've been trying so hard to find a good deal on a used, and I think at this point I might just find a value car and... Uh buy new because it's nearly the same price yeah things are wild out there uh, markups and everything they're like oh there's a semiconductor shortage so we're gonna charge you four grand more than we should yeah and you're gonna buy it and you're gonna like it well just take some of the semiconductors out of my car and give me a discount we don't need them all cars are too complicated they really are a bit complicated there's like a ton of cars just really... sitting on the lot without chips too yeah, I'm I'm really not looking forward to uh to when I finally have to buy a car that just has a big tablet and there's no buttons anymore. I hate not having an actual button. Yeah, I don't like even I might even my Prius just has the up and down for the temperature and I just want a knob. I don't mind so up and down or whatever you need to do for that, that's fine. But you still gotta look at you still gotta look at the temperature that it's doing. I can't just like be like, oh cold, oh hot. No. You know, without okay. it's the I used to be able to operate all the things in the car without really even looking at it, you know? But now I gotta Press the touch screen on my Bluetooth radio. It's astonishing how much you have to take your eyes off the road. And it's like built Mm -hmm. into the cars now. Just give me a tactical button that I can feel it pushes. Like I can just glance. There's the button. I'm done. Move on. I'm not looking forward to when I finally have to replace this because this is more than I'd like. But at least it's not all tablet. Yeah, well, hopefully you'll be able to drive it into the ground. You'll have it for another five, six, seven, eight years. Yeah. Welcome to old people complaining about the world. <laughs> uh, old millennials complain about yeah. the world. How's, how's your How's your shoulder? It still hurts. Old man. 
I really wish I knew what I did other than sleeping, and I'm just going to assume it was that. So my, uh, with my different pain things, I've always found that so it's always one joint down. Uh, if it's if your wrist is hurting, that usually means I've done something. Uh, no, wait, wait, which way am I going? Yeah, if my wrist really hurts, it's usually because I'm doing something wrong with my elbow. And if my elbow hurts, it's because I'm doing something wrong with my shoulder. And if my shoulder hurts, it's because something wrong with my neck. Interesting. That's what I've always found. So, like, so take your head, stretch it around, see if there's one, one place where it's real tight, and that might be your shoulder thing. Yeah, I got a pop last night that gave me some relief, which was great. And I played a little bit of games last night that I could comfortably play where it wasn't like um, n- shooting nerve pain. That's good. Yeah, you don't want to. Uh, generally, it's not good le- uh, leisure time when you're having electric pain shooting throughout you. No, no, not at all. We got plenty of time for that later. <laughs> yeah. See, get to 40 before you. Oh god, you I hope to deal so. With that. What about for you? Anything going on? Uh No, I had a good good week with a holiday and then uh I took Wednesday off too, so. Yeah, you seemed like I, you were jamming this week. Yeah, I got my garage cleaned out and the <laughs> I'm I'm currently running fans over. I had to go turn them off cuz they're on the right on the other side of the wall that I'm recording on, but we've got fans running over the old paint. Uh, that the owners left, but they didn't, it's ruined because they didn't close it properly. They had like a five gallon bucket of paint with like two gallons left in it. And they had left a coat hanger inside. So when they clipped the top back on, it was propped up in one point. Oh my! So it looks like cottage cheese in there. It's real strange, like really wet cottage cheese. You pull the, you pull the coat hanger out and there's all these lumps of paint on it. So you're just uh, drying it out. to. to so I'm drying it. it out so I can just toss yeah. it out. Yeah. And there's one big one that I was thinking of getting rid of, but uh, yeah, because and then before they rented the place to us, they someone went through and did some repairs and repaints, and I I don't know how, they must have matched, like taken a picture of the color with their phone and then matched it at Home Depot with that because it's way off. Just <laughs> that are way off. It's worthless paint, so I'm just drying it out to throw it out. Oh man, that's great. But I'm gonna keep the. They get they did a gray and they got like four gallons of that left and I'm gonna repaint my room once I move out get rid of the brown for them. Oh, okay, there you go. That's yeah. nice of you. Well, you gotta return it to neutral. Do you do that your last works. place too? Uh, my sister did because she's staying there. Yeah, okay, so. they did do it. Yeah, they just repainted it white. Well, what are we talking about today? talk about smart guy yeah he's a smart guy uh smart guy the 1997 sitcom with tia and tamara's brother taj Mahari, yeah yeah uh, the show was released on march 26 1997 and ran for 51 episodes over three seasons until may 16th 1999 and it aired on the wb and we've talked about the wb before uh i moved this to uh trivia Uh, the show ran in syndication uh, after it left the WB on the Disney Channel um, from like 1999 to 2003, and then BET afterwards. Yeah, Disney Channel is when I probably would have watched this a bunch with my sister. I still think after school, the more I think about it, I remember watching the the reruns essentially all the time. But I mm-hmm. think I did actually watch this. It was sister, sister than this. Oh yeah. And 
that was back when WB was really geared towards a younger audience. Well, before it turned into a mixed audience, uh, I guess is better to say. Yeah. Yeah. Before we talked about WB four on our seventh heaven podcast, episode two. Uh, I have not, we have not gone back and re-listened to those old episodes, so I can't tell you how they hold up, but <laughs> let's just go over the WB again a little bit. So it's Warner brothers was trying to make its own network as everyone else Should was we, in the 90s. Sorry to interrupt you. Should we do that yeah. description before you jump into WP? Yeah, do that. Um, Smart Guy is an American television multi-camera sitcom set in Washington, D.C. about a child prodigy, T.J. Henderson, who moves up to the 10th grade from 4th grade, where he attends school with his older siblings, Yvette and Marcus. The children are raised by their widow father, Floyd, who owns his own roofing business and works to raise his three troublesome children. I think that's a apt short description. Yeah, that's good. Gives you everything you need to know. So we talked about the WB back on our episode two, Seventh Heaven. Listen at your own risk. Yeah, it's a. That's I think that's our least favorite episode. It's also before uh, we we created our format. Yeah, and before we figured out what we were doing. Uh, but WB it was what Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers was trying to put together its own network, just like everyone else was in the 90s. And it started running, I think, in 1995, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I don't have my actual notes for that up in front of me. Let's see. Wait. Yeah, that sounds like an important detail. Yeah. WB started in January 1995, and one of its focuses was black sitcoms and TV shows at the uh, Parenthood... They took Sister, Sister after CBS or ABC. ABC showed Sister, Sister. I thought it was a CBS property. I thought it was a CBS property, too. This is where shit gets weird. Because I thought I was reading that. It was. Because it's not owned by. It's not on anywhere because it's not Disney. Uh, It's showing American Broadcasting Company, though, just in the short. Because it's made by Paramount. That's weird. But Paramount wasn't bought by CBS yet, was it? Is that what's going on here? Hold on. No. They were not together yet. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so, so production... What... Well, because it was to pass... So it, so it is a CBS show, but now, because it's owned by Paramount. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, we're not talking about Sister, Sister. <laughs> yeah. But we'll talk a little bit, because it's same production company. It probably led to this. I would have to think uh, it did, yeah. We don't... Uh, we'll talk about it. So, but there's the Wayans Brothers, uh, Parenthood, Sister, Sister, after it was uh, canceled by ABC... And around 1997, WB had a big hit with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which led to them really focusing on teen dramas and becoming the WB we know and love, which is beautiful people uh, shows like Riverdale and, and Arrow. Beautiful people. Yeah. Everyone on CW shows uh, is too good looking. It's distracting. Yeah, they're too good looking in like weird ways, though, too. Yeah. There's no, there's no people who look like normal people in a CW show. And the CW is the result of WB and UPN, which was Paramount's network that it tried to make in the 90s. Yep. They merged together to make the CW, which we have today, which just got sold. Who sold the CW? I know we talked about that in the I, I the Do you episode. think it's chicken soup for the soul? Yeah. Is that what it was? <laughs> no. Oh, no, that no. Would I, I, I wish. I wish. <laughs> uh, Next star. I don't know who that is. It's the largest television station owner in the United States. Ah, yes, they 
affiliate with Form Major and my TV network TV. Publicly owned too. I don't know. It's one of these weird NASDAQ symbol NXST. They just own a couple networks, it looks like. Yeah. Strange. Media is strange now. It's hard to keep track of. It is hard to keep track of some of this stuff, especially adding in the addition of all these, the way they're doing streaming and the way they're doing rights. It's difficult yeah. to try to keep track of everything. It's all a mess. Uh, but we weren't able to find a lot of more interesting, because usually we weren't able to find a lot of production info for this show. Usually we're able to find something, and there's just like no information about how this show came to be. I, based on, we'll talk about who produced it, but based on the production companies involved, I think that for that Sister Sister led to this because of the production companies and because the star is in that same family as T and Tamara Mowry. So Yeah, and a lot of that stuff that is done by that production company is really like evolves around all of that as it moves forward. Yeah. It it seemed to be what they did in the nineties. But we don't have a lot of information about how this was made, so uh I know we'll talk more. I'll skip that for now. Do you remember it? I I do remember it. I was a big fan of this show. Uh, as I was saying previously, I I can think I can remember the WB Frog when I was watching this show. Michigan J. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my raccoon gal. We had to have watched Smart Guy. We had to have watched Sister Sister and all the other stuff that would have come in that area. I mean, WB in that early period was actually quite good uh, when it was pushing for the mixed audiences and not for just teens. Oh, it's a time to watch TV because everyone, all these channels that showed up by, by 1997, they all had full lineups now. So you had UPN, WB, ABC, CBS, Fox, yeah, and NBC. It was a good least. time to be and, alive and, and watch television. And TBS, and then that's then that's not even talking about all the cable channels that were hitting their stride because this is Cartoon Network's finest hour too so uh, yeah it was a good time to watch good time to be watching tv there's on, one that's uh, n not here anymore cartoon network yeah they killed it yeah had to take that loss this year huh bummer <laughs> what did the uh speaking of the wb <laughs> yeah uh bummer how about you do you remember this yeah i i'm confident that i was watching reruns on the disney channel but uh we me and my sister would turn this on very regularly a big fan. I definitely watch them on the Disney Channel in the reruns all the time, too. I remember especially finding the dad hilarious. Yeah, this was a... I mean, there was just a little bit of something for everybody. I feel like even as a parent, you were watching this, and you definitely got something out of it. Yeah, it's not a... There's... Even just in our small watching, that it's uh, it's not... It's a little... The, tiny, the tiniest bit edgy, right? It's not... It's not safe. No, it's definitely not it safe. It doesn't feel... It doesn't feel lame and safe, and I know there's, like, some editing... Uh, content editing that Disney did when they started rerunning it. But yeah. Uh so VHS back. There's no physical release at all, no. I believe. Did you check out this link I sent I though did, for the, yeah. what looked like bootlegs? <laughs> One hell of so a bootleg. It's abcdvds.com with a z, uh but then other logo has DVDs with an s. But they've got if you just go to their main page, you'll see they've got like uh what? Kim Possible DVD set which is, that's a Disney thing. And then you go look on the thing, and there's no Disney logo on their box whatsoever. 
So there's no way that this is. Yeah, it's wild. I need a real release. I looked around too after checking your link to see if I could like just find anything else, and all the other DVD box sets that you can find are all definitely not official releases either. Like, there's a couple yeah. other web pages where like, oh yeah, you can buy this, but it they're just rips for sure, hundred percent. Yeah, especially when they so say think... region free compatibility on on their little description. Right. <laughs> yeah, and most of them don't have much description at all because. The, it says Smart Guy Seasons 1 through 3, but you look at the picture and you see a box for Seasons 1 and 2 and a box behind it, which I guess, yeah, you can see the 3 on the side. But they don't even tell you in the description that it is all of the, the entire season. You know, it's not, they don't tell you it's the entire show. No. Even in the description. So, But you know what? That's uh, Someone's doing a service. I used to have to buy this stuff off eBay. So I know. I, know. Uh, I... I don't. If there's no physical release, now it's that it's streaming, it's uh, less important. But... There's things like I guess Sister Sister. Let me see if that's fun, if that's streaming yet. Oh, it's on Netflix. Okay, it's Netflix and Hulu. But for a while, Sister Sister wasn't around or available. And uh, with the way things are going, who knows? Yeah, uh, I think anything that's around could be locked up. Yeah, you. I mean, you time. could watch it on TV and never be able to see it again, like the way HBO did with all of those Cartoon Network shows. Yep. I was watching. Uh, it was one of the interviews. I think it was the interview. Um, with Jason Weaver, he was talking about they didn't get like the residuals aren't very much because they never reached like a hundred episodes or whatever it was. Yeah, they never got that. Even though it was in syndication, uh, I watched this more than several shows that were in syndication. But yeah, they ran all, they ran this a lot on Disney, and I guess it was also on the Family Channel, and he said BET too. And it's surprising that it's not great, but that sucks. Well, not, it's just a contract. Not that Jason has to worry about much residuals from no, uh, smart guy. He's doing okay. We'll get to that. Uh, what else can you be watching? So, uh, you know, not a lot. We're talking, this is a Wednesday night. Uh, I think this is January. Uh, I've got it. I found a, what was very nice, though, is that the Internet Archive is able to search within some of these TV guides. Oh, that's cool. Which was super handy, because I had the question about Jeopardy. This is Wednesday, September 17th, 1997, and Smart Guy was on at 7.30. Yeah, Smart Guy was on at 7.30 on Wednesday, and so we'll just go over the... At 7 o'clock, there's The Nanny, uh, Wings, Drew Carey, Sister Sister on WGN, so it was Sister Sister, then Smart Guy. The 7.30 time slot is a little interesting, and... I always thought of 7 and 7.30 as not really prime time. Because that's that'd be when I watched Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. Right. Typically. Uh, so the idea of watching like a, a first run show at 7.30 seems a little strange to me. But there's a bunch of these on here. You got Beverly Hills 90210. Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman. <laughs> that show always seemed like a joke to me. I never watched it. No one around here has ever heard of a lady doctor. Well, it's always the first time. It seemed like it was not for me. Well, this TV guide only... Ha These are all the cable channels. Even WGN was a cable channel. Well, WGN was... Uh, depended on who you had. Oh, uh, okay. WGN for me was over the air. We had... we had. I, I think I told you when we talked about WB last time. Uh, I had Channel 15, which was carrying the WB, WGN Superstation feed. And then we had a local affiliate on Channel 50, who was also showing the WB 
because they they had they had the satellite feed. Let me finish the sentence before I so we had channel fifteen, which was showing the WGN feed, which was the direct Chicago link. So they were just showing whatever that particular network was showing, and then we also had on channel fifty the WB affiliate locally who was broadcasting their scheduled programming like smart guy. Okay. And so I was probably able to watch smart guy on two different channels slightly off the time from each other, but I have WB may have been cable for you, but for, and I was probably on our cable too, but maybe because we had the local where you get like the cable must carry stuff that gets a little strange. I think, so I don't know. I don't know me, what your situation that I don't was. remember for my situation, but I was looking at the TV guide that you posted up. Cause there's no, yeah. uh, there's no basic channel. There's no, ABC, there's no anything on this listing. Well, so, yeah, well, like 2579 would be the networks, likely. Oh, uh, okay. That makes sense. See, it's like 9NWGN. Uh, so, because this is, I believe this is a uh, New York Okay, so this is me area. just misunderstanding the, the TV guy. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm glad I don't have yeah, to use so one that, of these anymore. They'll give you, and they'll give you at the beginning of the listing, they'd show you, they'd tell you what uh, channels or what and you see like here we got two 15 and 22 for the nanny there's three channels yeah that makes sense okay. available and i think black potentially cable or uhf i don't know but each of these networks in new york you had three options for this for each network okay well thank you now i understand what i'm looking at now so i'll just go so that is weird uh, then that there's no jeopardy or wheel fortune in those time slots that's when they always came yeah. on right or was it eight I, o'clock I, I looked it up, and it. Uh, I'm sure we'll do a Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune show where we can talk about uh, how weird all this was. But it was up to the individual network. They had to show Jeopardy, or they had Jeopardy available to them. Like, if you were an ABC affiliate, uh-huh. you would either be obligated to show Jeopardy or able to show Jeopardy. And uh, the times were up to the network. So in this case... Oh, wow. Uh, in this case, in New York in 1997... Jeopardy was on not every one of the, uh, in fact, it's in, it's, uh, NBC here. I'm seeing Jeopardy, NBC news, and then Jeopardy's on at five. Wow. Wheel of Fortune is on at six thirty, and then they're showing wings. And so I guess these game shows, it very much depended on your affiliates decision on when to show it. And I don't know how much stuff like that is the case. I'd be interested to see if like, I remember the Simpsons and Seinfeld reruns at 7 and 7.32 were also something that we frequently watch a lot of, and I don't know if that was something every Fox channel did. Hmm. Uh, so I'd be, I mean, I'm going to be on the lookout for that a little more. Yeah, that that's uh, at least some neat information. There's a lot of good stuff in this time slot, too. Yeah, so we got, uh, I'll just go over it again. Uh, so we got The Nanny, Wings, Drew Carey, Sister Sister. This is at 7 o'clock before... Smart Guy at 7.30, but some of these are hour-long shows. Beverly Hills 90210, uh, This Old House. Yeah. <laughs> I love that now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, back then, not so much. Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman. Uh, we got a bunch of movies. There's a ton uh, of stuff. I mean, Hey Arnold's Pure on Country. There. Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. yeah. Sequest DSV. Yeah, wow. Uh, Walker, Texas Ranger. And then, uh, movie-wise, and then at 7... At 7.30, we've got, uh, up against Smart Guy directly, we've got Spin City and Seinfeld and Happy Days. And then we got a ton of movies. There's Pure Country, The Great White Hype, 
We got Screamers. Are you familiar with Screamers? Yes. Yeah, that's the one with the the robots that uh, it's like a post apocalyptic robot movie, and the robots make a screaming sound. Yeah, and they're like disguised as teddy bears and children. Uh, I remember really liking that one. If probably around this time, and, <laughs> uh, I haven't gone back to it, and I I'm worried about doing it. We got uh, Matilda, an officer and a gentleman, a league of their own, Dumb and Dumber. Look at all these movies yeah. I got access to. This is there's a lot going on this time slot. On a Wednesday night. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of other things to watch, it turns out, if you're in New York. This might not be the case. I, the network TV is enough, honestly. But you got cable. You got choices of plenty here. Yeah, you do. You want to tell me about the production company, and then we can talk about the weirdness there? Yeah. I mean, produced by Danny Callis Productions and DePasta Entertainment, Disney is involved in the production of this show, Smart Guy. It also owns the show, but... We were having a really hard time trying to like figure out how that fits yeah, we, in as it we couldn't shows find up any, on WB. Yeah, we couldn't find any detailed information on how this show came to be. And DePass Entertainment also did Sister Sister. And their two big TV shows around this time were this and Smart, uh, Smart Guy and Sister Sister. Mm-hmm. So, and then the only other things they did after that, were, which shows more of the Disney connection, is that they did those Xenon Girl, the 21st Century movies. Like Xenon Girl of the 21st Century, Xenon the Sequel, <laughs> and Xenon C3. Uh, uh, I forgot Xenon they made the three of those. Stupid, yeah. I worked with a guy at Pita Pit who we decided, he, we fired him after two nights. We decided he was a pathological liar, but his first night there, he was talking all about how he was personal friends with Xenon the Girl of the 21st Century. And that's all I can think about whenever I think of Xenon. <laughs> that, that weird guy... Your uh, your pita pit stories are like some of the most ridiculous stories. You lived that was a, like an entire lifetime at Pita Pit. That was a good job. That was like that was a fun time. I it it was it I could have had a much more soul crushing fast food experience. Yeah, you could have work wise. Uh but the past entertainment's interesting. They used to be Motown productions. They were the film arm of Motown Records. And it was Sold to Suzanne DePass, who worked for Motown Records for a long time. Okay. Uh, it was sold to her in uh, 1989. And that's when it became her company. And made they made Lonesome Dove, the TV miniseries, and Sister, Sister, and Smart Guy. And also, it's Showtime at the Apollo. Okay. And they did some, like, biopics and stuff, too. Uh, oh, yeah, there's the film Class Act that I, uh, with the kid in play comedy and who's the man which i just downloaded which has dr dre in it it's the first hip-hop whodunit is what the title says for who's the man that's interesting i'll I'll let you know about that one yeah please do and this is an interesting one because it's a wb property it was originally run on wb but it's owned now by disney so it's on disney plus and it's the only as far as i can tell the only wb property that disney has and we don't know why no uh DePass got seemed to have gotten involved with Disney at some point. Danny Callis Productions, they made that company for Smart Guy and then closed down afterwards and reopened later to make the spinoff of The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, Sweet Life on Deck. So that's a Disney connection as well. Yes. And I don't know how this all works together because we can't find any specific information about it, but... Uh, there it is. Yeah, that's what we know. It's it, it's very much lacking on this one. Yeah, 
yeah the usual uh the usual places are not helpful there's nothing on wikipedia nothing on any fandom wikis uh, i couldn't find any smart guy fan sites it's just diving uh, through a no, bunch uh, of wikipedia articles and trying to yeah. listen to some interviews that's how we got all this information yeah not not every series has its questfan.com yeah. unfortunately <laughs> if only we would uh well maybe not if only it, because then we end up spending so way easy. too much time reading yeah i mean, that was fascinating it is fascinating all right tell me about all these people involved yeah so the series created by danny callis um he does have 15 producer credits sweet life of zacky cody as you said uh, he's also producer on hanging with mr cooper and who's the boss that's a good show and, and he did cooper. do some writing and I, I wanted to throw that in there because he started as a writer on taxi cool and then that's a good that's a good place to start yeah i think he only had uh maybe three or four episodes yeah. But that's still pretty great. One episode of The Love Boat. I wanted to throw that in there. And then <laughs> right. uh, a chunk of Who's the Boss. Cool. Series executive producers are Bob Young, Danny Callis, and Susan DePassett. Uh, music by Paul Buckley and Jonathan Wolf. Buckley's got 61 composer credits. He's uh, Malcolm and Eddie, The Hughleys, Will and Grace. Wolf had 88 composer, Will and Grace, Married with Children, um, Seinfeld. And then we have the theme song for the first two seasons by Christian Rex. And season three credit is Hammy. And I can find no information. Unless he's the same EDM Hammy, H-A-M, lowercase i. I couldn't tell you. No, I couldn't. I could not find any more information other than in the credit roll, it says Hammy. Great. That first, uh, I... I remember the first two season theme song far more than season three. That's the he's a smart guy, do 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 do, and that's I that like ending sting is what I think of when I think of the show. I love that intro, and I don't remember the the third season one oh, yeah, at that, all. That's a great, you know. We talk about what the, what you know what your opening is supposed to do. It can do a couple different things, and that opening of the first two seasons tells you everything you need to know. To watch the show. It does. It's like, it says like, he's a smart guy who's in high school. And then you're like, cool, I'm ready to go. But that third season, it's just like a weird. Late nineties hip hop yeah. type thing that where they're uh -huh. all dressed in really loud clothing and doing the arms out and the arms crossed and yeah, the camera's kind of, just, just like kind of panning around. around. Yeah. Um Yeah, I don't think it sets the tone as well as that first one, but but they looked like they had fun doing it. Yeah. TJ Henderson, played by Taj Maori. Uh we have forty four actor credits by Taj. Uh, he's Wade Lowe, um, a voice in Kim Possible. He's Teddy in Full House. Uh, he plays the voice of young Sonic the Hedgehog. And for our Star Trek, he is in one episode of Star Trek Voyager. I think I remember that one. I think I do too, but um, I had to look it up and uh, I can remember him in it, but I don't remember the episode. Yeah. And so Taj Maori is the brother of Tia and Tamara Maori, sister, sister. And that kid's got some ears. 
And he still has some ears. Yeah, he grew into him a little more, but I do remember him as one of those uh, impossibly cute kids in Michelle Tanner's kindergarten class. Yes. There's uh, like disgustingly cute uh, brats in Full House, as I recall. Is that kid from Kindergarten Cop, too? Yeah, he just... Who else? He kind of no. looks like he can fly away with those ears, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, Floyd Henderson, father, played by John Marshall Jones. He's got 112 actor credits. Melrose Place, some episodes is still standing, and a lot of walk-ons, and he's been quite busy lately, actually. He's got eight credits since 2021, and I think that works out to be well over 30 credits, because some of Good them are, are big, I mean, multiples, and the rest are just, like, miscellaneous. Jason Weaver plays Marcus Henderson, the oldest brother, 40 actor credits, plays MJ on The Jacksons, an American dream he voice acted on the LeBrons, the cartoon from the mind of four-time MVP LeBron James. And okay. I think probably his most famous role, he's the singing voice for young Simba in The Lion King. Yeah, good job there. I did not know that. I knew uh, it's it's hard because Simba has four voice actors in, in mm-hmm. The Lion King. There's old and young, and then each is divided up into speaking and singing. I knew it was Jonathan Taylor Thomas, and then I, Matthew Broderick is the singing voice, right? So of adult Simba. I think that is correct for adult. J- Jonathan Taylor Thomas is the young one, and he's along here with Jason Weaver, and then right, he's the, he's the speaking young Simba, and Jason Weaver is the singing young Simba, right? And then Matthew Broderick is the oh, voice yeah. actor, uh, okay, for adult Simba. He might do the singing too. He might do the singing. He's a he's a music man. I love I'm looking real quick on here and I can I'm scrolling through the cast and there's one credit in here that says Lion Roars voice Frank Welker. Oh, awesome credit. <laughs> when I was looking through to find all this stuff, I you know, I found the articles and stuff beforehand cuz I I do try to look up some of these people, but you go through and scroll and they don't have him listed. On his IMDb, he's not listed as singing voice for Simba. Huh. And I'm trying to see if he's actually on the Lion King one, and I'm not finding him. No, he doesn't show up. That's so interesting that that is a thing. Like who they... Well, it's it's probably... Well, that's not not the name recognition they're looking for, right? They just... Yeah. JTT and Matthew Broderick. Yeah. Tasha Yvette Henderson, the eldest sister, the the only sister, uh, played by Essence Atkins, 69 actor credits. She plays on Half and Half, um, the TBS comedy Are We There Yet with Terry Crews, um, and just a ton of walk-on. She is a, a busy lady. Yeah. And then lastly, out of the major actors, Morris Mo Tibbs, played by Omar Gooding, the brother of Cuba Gooding Jr., He's got 120 actor credits to include Hanging with Mr. Cooper, Blossom, Wild and Crazy Kids. Yeah, I mean, he's, I I mean he's in so many just comedies. And he's and, great. Yeah. He's a delight. He is really great. He's just got a, a face that you, you kind of, you can't be mad at, that round face. Yeah. Um, He's exp- very expressive. He's very expressive. And you know what? His comedy timing is actually quite good, yeah. even in this. Mm-hmm. 
the filming locations were a little bit tougher to try to like figure out to make sure I got everything correct. Because uh, again, there's just not a ton of information. But Sunset Grower Studios is the Piedmont High School. That establishing shot of the Piedmont High School, it appears in quite a few things, especially on the Disney Channel, like Corey in the House. Um, and they used it previously for Boy Meets World as well. So it's really just a recycled shot that was used for a bunch of school shows. Nice. Yeah. And the the pilot is filmed inside Rupert Hall, uh, Loyola High School. Um, that's the Boy Meets World High School. But they, you can see that they don't continue to use it as the season actually goes on. Yeah. Man, how do how do kids in Los Angeles go to school and everyone's filming shows in it? I know, right? <laughs> I mean, they got to do it after class, just in the evening or something like that. Yeah, that's funny. It did win a BAFTA award. Great. Uh, BAFTA Kids Vote in 1998. Um, nothing else. It was nominated for a few miscellaneous other things, but I mean, we really only share the Emmys and the BAFTAs anyway. How do we pick these episodes? Let's do the episodes. It's episode time. We pick the episodes highest to lowest. We use episode ratings.com. Great. <laughs> uh, we, yeah, we should be familiar with that now. We're not going to quibble anymore. <laughs> season three, our, our best episode is season three, episode 22, Never Too Young, which is also the last episode of the series, but not really a finale, just another episode. I don't think they plan for the show to end no it would have been it's a it's kind of a weird episode to go out on yeah uh directed by david kendall is 44 director credits including boy meets world sister sister and wrote the new guy you remember that oh yeah yeah <laughs> oh yeah okay what a, what a great movie <laughs> it's a it's a movie uh written by Steve Young, eight writer credits, including two episodes of Boy Meets World and 187 episodes of Jay Leno. Yeah, he's a late night writer, apparently. Yeah, maybe that's why this one was less funny than the... Oh, no, he wrote the, the other one, too. Yeah. Okay, never did. mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so this is a... It's not a very... It's not presented as a very special episode, but it is... Uh, TJ goes to a party and ends up getting into some drinking. Yep. And uh, the... Side plot is uh, Mo, Mo and Marcus get in trouble and have to be lunch ladies. They have to be. They have to work in the cafeteria. Yeah, they as punishment. They cut this very serious episode with the you know um, TJ getting in trouble and the dad kind of trying to figure it out with the comedy of the cafeteria. Very enjoyable B plot. Very very funny. <laughs> All right, so never too young. Yeah, that that cafeteria What's... cold open where they're complaining about the food and that uh -huh. um, bread pudding or whatever it is shouldn't be so hard. Like when it's fresh, <laughs> it should be it, you, like you throw it at the wall. It's supposed to stick. So then yeah. Mo throws it at the wall and it, it bounces off. I love a good prop gag and having a, a bouncy bread pudding. Like a bouncy rubber bread pudding you throw at the wall. Yeah. Well, uh, it always gets me. And it defeats their whole line of thought, right? Because when Marcus throws it and it hits the vice principal, oh, it's, it's squishy it and gross. Yeah. It sticks to him. But it, they didn't say anything. There's no rule about 
whether it sticks to a person. It's only the wall that decides how old it is. That is true. I kind of wish actually on that because we meet the 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 cap the lunch lady and they give what's her name that terrible Russian like accent that yeah, they like make a, her do. She would have been Eastern so much European. funnier just to be like an angry like New York Washington D.C. Philadelphia accented lunch lady. Uh, it works at the end for some of the jokes, but at the beginning it is a little strange. Yeah, you you are correct. It does. They do write it into the jokes later on. Uh, well, let's let's just finish out the whole lunch lady plot because it doesn't matter to the rest of the episode. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, so they they get in there and they're like, "What is this potato flavored flakes? Now three percent potato?" Oh yeah, I know. Uh, like, what are you what are you doing serving this to us? And then she pulls out the big bag of potatoes and says, "Start peeling." And she and just like their... she just gives directions and eats peanuts by leaning against mm-hmm. the radiator the entire episode. Well, it's part of their punishment. Uh, yeah, at the beginning, I like the joke when uh. The principal gets the lunch thrown at him, and he's he's like, "She made it, and it's bad." And he says, "He, she's union. There's nothing I can do about oh, that." Oh yeah, but you're right. in trouble. She did it. <laughs> yes, but she's in a union. <laughs> Three day suspension. And so once once they're punished, sentenced to work as uh, uh, cafeteria workers for the day, or no, it's, it's a couple days. Yeah, this I think it's a week because they go back uh, home and complain about how they have to get up early to prep. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And so they spend all day making uh, the perfect lunch that they're very excited about. They peel the potatoes themselves, and they uh, he makes a cake where Marcus puts the symbol for the artist formerly known as Prince on it. Yep, they make very like excited about fresh that. mashed potatoes with garlic. Uh huh. And the and then they get there and they start serving the kids, and the kids are like, "I don't want mashed potatoes. This looks gross. It's wet." Uh, you know. And he's like, a lot of sweat went into this work. And he's like, maybe that's why it's so wet. Yeah. And all the kids laugh. And then and then he gets mad and tells them to leave. They just slowly lose more and more joy as they're uh-huh. doing it. Until eventually they're they're serving the same food the lunch lady was. And, With the same uh, attitude. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they're like, these mashed potatoes are from yesterday. And uh, when they confronted her about the bread pudding, she's like, prove it. Prove it's old. Prove it. And then they get the same thing with the potato. He says, prove it. Yep. Prove it's old. So, what's good today? Food. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this? Eat. <laughs> um, these are yesterday's potatoes? Prove it. And then uh, at the end of the day... She's proud of them the, for how much yeah. joy has been sucked out of their life. <laughs> yeah. She's proud of them for getting ground, by, ground up into the machine. And she says, now it's time to eat. And pulls out. Uh, and he says, well, I don't want to eat this crap. I don't want to eat this slop. And then she says, no, no, we don't eat that. We get, uh, we get roast duck with plum sauce. and uh, Scalloped and potatoes. potatoes. Scalloped potatoes and starts pulling out all this great food. Yeah. And then he says, I could kiss you. And she says, that could be arranged. You were 18. Yeah, it was a weird. That, <laughs> Which, that joke is weird at the end. It's weird, but it's funny. It, I mean, it definitely is still very funny. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it helps, it helps that, that these high school kids are in their mid-20s. <laughs> uh, to make it less creepy, uh, and that's that whole plot. It's and funny though the the, the writing that has the, that whole skit in general kind of is added proof that like times have definitely changed. They they do oh, yeah. skirt that edge as you said. Um, they they do not play it safe in this show at all. Yeah, they're making uh, they're making good, it's good jokes. It's good comedy because it's not. 
it's not inappropriate, but it's also it skirts the line. Yes, no, there's no inappropriateness. I mean, it's still yeah. definitely a family show. It's yeah. just kind of the things that you could kind of get away with previously. Uh, yeah, but the, it's definitely more wholesome than say The Simpsons or Malcolm in the Middle. I just like that the jokes are still landing. I, I yeah. laughed in these this episodes. Is funny. Yeah, yeah, this is funny. I'm gonna watch. I'm certainly watching uh, more of this. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll watch more with of this too because Steph and I we watched the pilot, which by the way. We're in season three for these episodes, and yes. Mo is like the best friend, but in the pilot, he's the bully. Oh, uh, yeah, that's funny. There's a different principle. There's like all kinds of different things. Uh, we Once we finish our episodes, I'll, I'll give you a little bit more insight on that, and then we'll go into Pilots the Pilots are always fun. All right, what's the A plot of this episode? Oh, well, the A plot is TJ has to go to a party with his old grade school friends, he to, essentially. He has to go to a kid party for kids his own age because he... Uh, RSVP'd already. Yep. He wants to go to the high school party instead, but it's too bad. He RSVP'd and his dad's making him go. Because he wanted to go to a high school party, but his dad refused. Yep. You already mm-hmm. RSVP'd. You got to go. And he goes, and he's at this party, and he's just not fitting in. He's not it's having miserable. any fun at all. It's a, I, I liked the when he's trying to jump into the conversation, and the girl's talking about someone getting in trouble with a teacher, and he's like, sorry, who's who's that? And he asked that two or three times. And she's like, why are you asking these questions? Uh, he says, well, I'll see you. I don't go to your school. And she says, well, why are you listening to my story? He yeah. goes, I don't know. Uh, and I, I've definitely had it. That's, that's, a, that's a party moment where you're like, why am I trying to interact with you? There's a, he, he doesn't try very hard, though. I mean, there's a ton of people no. at this party. And he kind of no. just clearly doesn't want to be there. And we do meet um, Kelly, Naya River, Riviera. Yeah. I mean, sorry. Uh, who was the one of those people in Glee that uh, yes. she drowned on the boat with her right, kid? Yes, yeah, very sad. That is that one was really sad. Um, but P- he TJ, what he goes back into the back room and meets some kids yeah. he actually knows, and they yeah. peer pressure him into drinking beer. Yep, and he comes out and, drunk. Uh, yep, and apparently <laughs> and then he causes trouble. Every as soon as he opens that door, everybody in that room is staring at him. It is such an awkward scene, and I know that's the point yeah. of it. But like the build, there was no build up to her him being stupid. I kind of wish there was just yeah. a little build in that scene. Yeah, and he spills the drink all over Kelly's shirt, and then everyone's mad about it. Yeah, and he forces her to dance with morning. him too. It's just like yeah. very uncomfortable. There's a lot of good. I like. There's a lot of smash cuts in this where. Uh, we just immediately, like in this, we cut immediately to him uh, the next morning going like, oh, I got a headache. Uh, I feel terrible. And he's asking his dad what's he, what he's cooking for breakfast, and he says, I'm cooking lunch. Hey, sleepyhead, you hungry? <laughs> no. No breakfast for me. No, it's good, because I'm making lunch. And he bangs on the thing. Actually, in that uh-huh. moment, I thought Dad maybe knew because kind of they play that the father in this series kind of like that, and he yeah. did not. And I don't know that kind of adds to it. But man, that was funny. TJ's got and, a uh, it, he's got a hangover. Underage drinking is not funny, but he, yeah. he's got a he's got a hangover, and uh, Yvette kind of knows mm-hmm. or suspects. It suspects. That's it. Yeah, because then and, they uh, they go on the scene like that scene ends. TJ leaves. And they kind of talk about it, right? Well, they because uh, well they talk about it next because the mom calls and she said and so, uh, Yvette. 
Yvette is talking to, to comes to dad and says, oh, one of the parents called and said there was some drinking going on at the party. And then they ask, dad asks TJ about it, and he is not keeping a good poker face. He is absolutely suspicious. Like, uh, he is flop sweating his way through this, the saying that he, uh, he didn't know any, about any drinking going on. Right. And Yvette's a little bit like, he was feeling bad, and dad, and the dad says, nope, he told me he didn't know about it, so I'm going to trust him. Yeah, he gets pretty mad about it, because he de- clearly has, like, his other two kids have already grown up, then he's not yeah. quite ready for his youngest to be a teenager. Yeah. Especially and... since he kind of skipped his way to it. Yeah. And then uh, TJ's working in the garage, and the kids come by with a bottle of peppermint schnapps. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tastes like candy. Straight up. Straight up caught. That's a fucking lie, by the way. Yeah, oh god. I I would not want to drink peppermint schnapps when I was starting to drink. There's no way those kids are enjoying. <laughs> Come on, tastes like candy. I didn't even particularly like mint when I was a kid. So the idea of drinking hot mint water. <laughs> Basically. Would have, gro- would have grossed me out. <laughs> Ugh, schnapps. Ugh. Especially when it comes like... in that little plastic bottle. Yeah. You got to mix schnapps with stuff. I told you, here's my, my life hack uh, for you. Um, stop listening if you're under 21. Uh, you take peach schnapps, which tastes like candy peach and gets real cloying. What you do is you mix a little bit of cyanar or uh, any of those like Italian gross bitter herb liquors. Just a tiny bit of that in your peach schnapps. And it makes it taste like a real peach because it adds all that vegetable flavor that a real fruit tastes like. And then you get really drunk. Yeah. And you regret it in the morning because it was schnapps. (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean, if schnapps is all you got, though, you got to make do with what you got. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. But, uh, so, so. Yeah, after the garage scene, though, this gets very adult and very well done. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm interested in covering very special episodes and maybe a different format, kind of like, uh, talking about those in more detail but uh this is one of the better ones of that cuz it's uh it's people reacting like people and then being coming together and talking in ways that feel real yeah as opposed to being a preachy mess which is what a lot of these usually end up being yeah. this is this is it's like an, a real father son type conversation uh-huh. you can feel Cause, the tension well cuz dad because dad comes in furious and says, like, you're grounded forever. And then uh, and then he's looking for the, the pamphlet. Oh, he's yeah. Like, Where's the pamphlet on how yeah. to talk to your kids about alcohol? And Yvette's like, well, you threw it out. You said, I've got good kids, so I don't need this. And then she coaches him through what he should do. And he's and he's like, well, he's like, don't overreact. Goes, okay, I did that. Uh, don't give them unreasonable punishments. I didn't do that. And listen to them. I Okay, I didn't do that. So <laughs> yeah. And then he goes upstairs and has a, a good talk with him that is well done very much so and it's really it's an interesting written episode across the board just like just juxtaposed to the cafeteria thing like i (laughs) almost wish it that see those skits weren't as funny as they were because it (laughs) it it kind of ruins that seriousness seriousness of the episode but it still feels like a good episode and it's the best rated episode but i'll also say that uh and then so after he gives that big long speech then marcus opens the door and he's like goodbye and closes it again yeah that's funny and it's uh and that's where this is this show's good with the the timing and the writing and the and that you watch the 
the serious conversation and then you get the very funny end of the cafeteria which is you know what thing. even as much as i may have just complained about it it's still good that way because then yeah. it feels kind of more real that way because you can't stay you... in that serious situation forever you you, yeah. you got to do something and it leaves you 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 feeling good at the end of the episode i just wish it wasn't the last episode of season sends three. you off with a laugh yeah it's but you know i think you said something before we started recording about them the cancellation yeah uh do you want to tell tell me about that again no they i mean it it was canceled because the wb was basically moving in a new direction yeah so uh the wb in 1997 i think we talked about the success of yeah we talked that with the success of buffy decided it needed less sitcoms and more teen dramas yep and it became the channel of teen dramas after that and uh, and smart guy Paid the price, it seems. It did, and that's unfortunate. I think this that's too bad, is definitely I think it had legs. Yeah, it definitely had some it, legs. Yeah. Uh, and then we come to our worst episode. Yeah, so our top episode, I think I skipped it. Uh, it was rated as a 8.4, I believe. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, that annoys me that I always forget to do that these days. <laughs> Let's see. It was an 8.4. Look at me. I'm great. Well done. I'm proud of you. And then our worst episode, season three, episode two, Achy Breaky Heart. Uh, it had a rating of 5.3 on episode rating. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it kind of is ridiculous. And we'll talk about oh. that. Uh, okay. Directed by David Kendall, written by Steve Young. Same as the first episode, same as the other episode. Yep. And the synopsis for this is that the, the boys have their band and they're looking for a drummer and they find a very attractive woman who uh well very attractive young girl to play the drums that um, marcus then decides to date which bothers mo and then mo finds a weird hippie girl yeah uh and then that's really the whole thing they perform they have a nice little performance and then marcus doesn't have a girlfriend and neither does mo yeah i think they got it later in this in this season they got uh steady girlfriends that were in the cast but that's after this episode i think um and this one's i i don't understand why the, this one's rated so low i don't either i enjoyed I thought it, it was, i thought it was very funny the uh, the jokes are probably better in this one than the previous one yeah that we watched and so the and so the the meat of this episode is that because they show up late to practice and tj's like where have you been and then they get a call. Yvette comes out and says, oh, we got a call that your drummer quit the band. And they get mad at great. her for giving her the news. And yeah. she's like, uh, I just right. picked up the phone. <laughs> uh-huh. And then it's like his grades are dropping. And then it says, how could his grades be dropping? Is he getting G's now? Oh, yeah. Which is funny. Uh, it's a good, that's solid. And then, uh, and also he's been spending too much time with the band. And TJ's like, he's never here. This is ridiculous. And that's why they're yelling at her. Yeah. <laughs> they're both yelling about those two things to her. And then she says, sorry, I answered the phone. Drummer just called. He's quitting the band. What? Well, what you mean, Goose is quitting the band? His mom said his grades were slipping. Well, how could his grades slip? What's he getting, G's? <laughs> I guess he was spending too much time with the band. He was never here. That makes no sense. Yeah, what's the matter with you? I don't know. I answered the phone. I'm sick. I need help. And uh, and TJ says, okay, I'll, we need to get serious about this. So if I find a drummer, will I? Will you let me be, manage the band? And they say, okay, look, if you find a good drummer. And then it smash cut to the the pretty girl 
showing up playing the and and they just say oh great you're in the band yep they don't even need to hear her play the drums and then mo says you're a great manager then she does play the drums and she's actually pretty yeah, good at she's it great yeah yeah i mean for theoretically being a high schooler that's very good drum playing but mo tries to move on her first and she is immediately mm-hmm. drawn to marcus so that's yeah. ca- causing the tension so tj's whole thing here for the whole episode is he's just trying to he's manipulate the situation He's trying to solve the problem in the fastest way. Right. Which is manipulation. Uh, and it's and it's a old woman swallowing a fly type thing. Uh that everything he does creates a new problem. And it's a good build to the end. Yeah. So uh so he's, as you said, uh Mo gets jealous of Marcus and then so TJ comes in and gives him a weird little talk where he gives he wants a, a hug afterwards. He says, I'm your manager and I love you. Yeah, good. You feeling better? <laughs> Great. Now give me a hug. And he finds him, he says, you should go find yourself a girl, makes it, gives him a pep talk. And so he goes off and finds and comes back with, uh, I did not write down her name, but Shakira or something a, like that. Yeah. Shakira. He comes, he comes to one of Shakira says, I found her at the record store. She was buying rain sticks and looking at whale music. Yes. And then she whispers into his ear and then he tells her what she wants. And then it, it's the joke here that they never actually make, but the joke is that she's Yoko Ono, right? Yes. Is that she's got all these crazy things and she's telling uh, Mo, it's like the, it's, oh, we can't play that, that gig. The feng shui is wrong. <laughs> and then uh, the drummer breaks up with Marcus and then Marcus becomes the saddest man in the world. Yeah. Uh, he's got a grandma blanket on, the table's yeah, a mess, all the windows are got dark. An adorable flower quilt. It's uh, great. And uh, I said, let's hear. Uh, I made the note, Marcus is like, oh, you want a peach schnapple? Peach. Mark says, you want a peach snapple? Yeah, that's how he like he wins off. her over at the beginning. Uh-huh, with the peach snapple. <laughs> yeah, I have that written down, uh, too. Uh, when TJ has, initially has the problem where Mo is jealous of Marcus, he sits down and he pours himself a glass that is uh, 90% full of Ovaltine powder. Yes. And that's how, and I like, I like jokes like that where it's like you're uh, like the ice cream in Rocco's Modern Life. You're substituting something family-friendly for sitting down and pouring yourself a you know, a pint glass of tequila kind of thing. Yeah. The the child equivalent of that is apparently a, a glass full of Ovaltine powder. In this episode and the last one, the best episode that we watched, there's a lot of good sight gags. Yeah. Uh, good good prop work. And then when, when Marcus is the saddest man in the world, there's the table is full and I saw easy cheese and chocolate syrup. I saw the syrup. Chips. I didn't see the easy cheese. <laughs> yeah. I and just so it's like it's... that scene in general, though, like because the dad understands what the hell's happening here. He's uh-huh. like, you know, this is a terrible idea. This is why TJ yeah. tells Mo to get another girlfriend because, like, you know, another girl. So there's no tension. They're not arguing over one. But then yeah. as it builds, you know, he gets dumped. The dad comes out and he's totally understanding. He's just made him soup. And the whole time he's talking to TJ, the father's talking to TJ. And Marcus is just saying, I like soup. Here you go, Marcus. This will fix you right up. Forget it, Dad. I brought a perfectly lovely girl in here, and he barely moved. I don't think you're going to get a rise out of him for soup. Soup? I like soup. Yeah, and TJ's like, he's being, he's lazy. He needs to get up out of this couch, and we got a gig to perform. And then so, uh, to get him up off his butt, he decides to tell the drummer to pretend to get back with him. Yes. Just so they'll do the gig. And then when they get to the gig, then uh, the real boyfriend Marcus there. Marcus sees someone giving the drummer flowers and says, "What are you doing giving flowers to my girlfriend?" And he's like, "No, this is my girlfriend." 
and then Marcus snaps and uh, takes command and just like gets the gig done. Very calmly, they perform a nice uh-huh. show. Marcus sings uh, very well, because obviously we already knew he knew how to do that. Yeah, and they're all having a good time. It's a good song. And then the end, they get offered another gig, and they say, no, yep. you know, we, we, we need time to recuperate. We need time to, like, find ourselves and figure it all yeah. out. And the We've guy, been through a lot. And he's like, I have a time slot available tomorrow. And they're like, we'll be here. So we'll see you there. Yeah, and that's the end of the episode. Yeah. I like that episode. <laughs> all around, it's, like, uh, funny. I think the jokes are good. The writing's solid. Uh, I like Marcus is inc- so pathetic, and it's so funny. It is. Like, when, when he just, like, TJ comes in and the lights are off and he's under the blanket and he's just there and he just goes like, hi. And he's like, like a, like a, like a dying, you know, leper. Oh, there's the credit scene though too. Which one's that? Tell me about that. The, the father is singing African. Yes. Oh God. Like tribal. Yeah. yeah he's funny. Fantastic. That was uh, so he's good. He's just doing, uh, he's, he's doing some sort of, uh, I don't know what it is, but it's, uh, that's a lot of performance going on. A lot. And Yvette walks in on him and he says, I was just out here for my saw. I'm going to go saw the table. In half. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Uh, it's The pacing's good. I mean, I don't think I don't have, have anything else to say about Aki Break Your Heart, but like, this is a delight. These two episodes were really good. Uh, the pilot is a little bit slower. It kind of just like, it, it's not as, it's not paced as well. And like, as I said, Mo's the, um, the bully and they were like slowly that episode you could clearly see they were doing like some sort of love interest between the father and the principal oh yeah and that was not going to work so like immediately from the pilot to the second episode there's a huge change in like feeling in the show and it really i mean that second episode it feels good and it's uh so it's sad kind of that it that it ended up not getting the chance to continue because it uh, feels like from these two episodes, if this is how season three felt, uh, it felt like a show that was, had found its legs. Yeah, it did. Uh, and the cast was all having a good time and strong. The writing was good. Like too bad. We didn't get another three seasons of it. And then the full, uh, well, yeah, cause we didn't even get a full, full syndication three seasons. Cause there's only seven episodes in the first season. Yeah. The first one was small and that's, that's, something that might have been interesting in the production side that we don't know anything about yeah uh how they threw that together i know the premiere dates it's like three seasons but it's really only over up two years mm-hmm. the the entirety of the show Can you tell me where it's streaming it's time for our roundup it is time for the roundup where is it streaming it's streaming on disney plus that's it that's the only one yep uh new feelings i i think i've been clear about mine yeah i feel the same way i mean the only thing that's been new for me is that i feel like there's new jokes to laugh at so it's like yeah. rewatching the show fresh almost because what i would have paid attention to as a kid would have been more about tj and what taj is doing on the screen and now it's what the hell's you know the dad doing what's marcus doing what's Yvette doing it, it's yeah. it's really good i liked it I'll say I'll just repeat my new feelings. Is that I think is a delight. I'm gonna watch more of it. You should. I think I'm going to too. Additional fun facts. I I if it when I've got uh, episode air dates, usually the way I figure out which days the the show aired is I just Google dates. And so when I Googled the the premiere date for this one, the thing that showed up was not uh you know the today weird 
weird internet websites where they just tell you about the day and what happened is how I usually find this stuff. But I found it, it was a Wikipedia article because it was the day of the Colorado Avalanche Detroit Red Wings brawl. Bloody Wednesday, fight night at the Joe and the brawl in hockey town. So that's all. I don't know anything about it, but that was fun. It's fun to read about. It stems from a previous on-ice incident between the two teams during the 1996 Western Conference Finals. The game featured 18 fighting major penalties and 144 minutes in penalties. Well, I cool. don't know enough yeah. about hockey for that to shock me. That seems like a lot. It does. Uh, it, yeah, I don't know a lot about hockey. Most of my experience playing hockey is playing uh, Super Nintendo hockey games. And my understanding was that uh, hockey games are 90% fighting because that's how I played the Super Nintendo hockey game. Yeah, I think that's how they're supposed to be played. Because it's funny, every every hockey video game has to have like a reasonably well put together fighting system. I remember playing, I think, like Blades of Steel, and it goes to like a side by side view where you're punching each other like a fighting game. What a sport! What a sport! Should we rate it? Well, we got we got more fun facts, right? Yeah, there's a supposedly a reboot in the works, which um, they've been asking in interviews to a few of the cast members, but I guess. Uh, Taj Maori himself has actually come out and said that, yeah, they have been working on it. And I think there's a quote in here. Let me find it. Um, Taj says we're in the very early stages, so there's no release date or anything like that. But, you know, yeah. reboots take a little longer to get the ball rolling for licensing and rights and all that. Uh, but we have gotten the ball rolling. We have the possible home that it will live on. And I'm excited to sort of give the OG fans that nostalgic feeling, but in a new time. It's sort of a continuation type thing where we'll get to see TJ and his family where they are now, but also leaving room for the new generation to enjoy something new that the OG fans already enjoyed. So it's kind of bringing both of those worlds together to create a new smart guy. And then that's literally all we got. Interesting. I'm, I'd be more surprised to hear there wasn't a reboot in the works at this point with the way. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Everything goes, but it'd be interesting to see him play that character older, like, yeah, right, a lot you, of these prodigies you, kind of fall off after a while. Do you, do you do a, a, a gifted kid, miserable gifted kid who never got it together? Yeah, you can't show. do that in a family show. Oh, you could. You just make him a lovable loser <laughs> who's really smart. All right, and then this other fun fact is good. I I knew that he was missing from an episode, but yeah, he was missing from episode season three episode 10 get a job and apparently Taj Maori, that is. yeah Taj, Taj Maori is not um, in one episode of the series which is unusual there's the a few interviews with Gooding where he talks about this and he never names a name but we all know who he's talking about because it's the only person who's missing from the episode but uh, uh -huh. it's for a pay conflict and from what is told in the interview is everybody was paid exactly the same amount Interesting. but in the middle of the season three I guess Taj and whoever's agents or whatever it was, they wanted to try and get more money. And they, instead of caving or doing anything, because they paid everybody the same, they just were like, man, we'll just write them out. Yeah, and they did. It's a whole episode and he doesn't show up. Crazy. Yeah. It's a smart guy without smart guy. It's like Garfield minus Garfield. It's really weird to think that. But you know what? It's not an awful episode. I did watch yeah. bits and pieces of it. Okay. Uh, they work at it like a radio station and stuff. But I think my favorite scene is at the very end. The father goes to pick them up and uh, he sits down and talks over the airways because it's still like live pretending yeah. he's like a DJ. My favorite part of the show watching in reruns was the dad. And we didn't get a lot of dad uh, being I, I remember him getting ridiculous, just doing 
some incredibly ridiculous. Yeah, every once in a while they give him like a scene where he would just get to kind of like have all the limelight himself, and it yeah. would be very short. It'd be like maybe fifteen twenty seconds, but he would he just, just it. ham it up and just love every minute of it. Yeah. All right, let's rate this. All right, what do you rate it? I get thirteen point five, and I'm putting it right at the thirteen. I thought Great. this was really good. Yeah, this is a. I like this better. I think than Rocco and Larry Sanders. That's why those are my thirteens. So. I definitely like this better than Rocco, but not better than Larry. Well, that's fine. <laughs> I forgive you. And then last question: Is this nastier than Wolf Bronski? Uh, ain't nothing nastier than Wolf Bronski. No, this is so wholesome. No, yeah, it's I. Uh, it's wholesome, but it's not cloying and unrealistic wholesome. No, it's normal. It's real people, normal wholesome. Yeah, it kind of feels like you're hanging out with some actual people with the way they like do yeah. the jokes and all that stuff. Yeah, it's not like like Full House is made up of fake people who aren't real. It's made up of cartoon characters, and this is not. And then I guess that's it for that. Yeah, we can uh, next week. Great. Next episode, we're doing the Pirates of Dark Water, which I am beyond excited about. But I'm worried we're not going to be able to find all that much. No, we got it. It's we already have it. Remember? No, I mean information oh, mean, oh, about the, the production. I bet we will. There's. Something, I mean, it's Hanna Barbera, about, but there's something about cartoon fans, and I think Pirates of Dark Water is one that people have carried the torch for, like gargoyles. So we'll see. I'm excited. I'm uh, I'm interested to finally I've I never watched it. Really? Yet, oh my so, god, I love yeah. that show so much. I remember coming home from grade school and that's when it would be on television and I would always watch it. Yeah, I'll talk more about it, but it, it reminded me of looking at like Prince Valiant in the comic pages as I said like this is this is something for dorks. Oh yeah, no, uh, I could totally see that. I was pretty dorky. So, I mean I was too. I just don't know why. Like I, I thought it was it just did not appeal to me. But we'll see how we get there. Uh n- you can find us at again at www.90schmaltz.cool. Um, and we're on all the major places to find the podcast at this point. And if you're listening, yeah, you've clearly found us. Yeah. And if we're not somewhere and you see that and we should, you think we should be somewhere, let us know because we don't 100% know what we're doing. Yeah. See you next time. Bye-bye. out here for this. I'm, uh, looking for my skill saw. <laughs> go in the house and cut the kitchen table in half. Great. Uh, stop.